Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 22 of Leppy Duels, once again presented by Jarvie Media. I'm your host, Jacob Arvidsson. We are live at Ledgestone this week. Woo-hoo! We are on the, uh, the set here on Hole 12, the famous water tower hole at Lake Eureka. And uh, let's introduce the cast since you can see them already. First up, we've got Ryan Kenny, Homer from Leprechaun Hollows. Next up, you know him well, the uh, largest winner here on Leppy Duels. Boo. Brian Papa Wolf Frawley. Third, making his debut on the show, just like Kenny, is Dick Engelman. And our final guest, you know him as well, Mr. Trevor Harbold. So thanks for being with us. Um, Trevor and Dick are going to kick us off here. We're going to yeah. flash back to Mid-America Open from this past weekend. Andrew Presnell, Gannon Burr came down to the wire uh, in a playoff. So I want to know from you guys, Trevor, lead us off. Did Andrew Presnell win? Or in your opinion, did Gannon Burr lose that tournament? Okay, I have a question. Where's my timer? You know, <laughs> Anyways, um, Andrew Presnell Andrew Presnell won that tournament. Let's, I mean, if you go back to hole 14, um, the roller that he had on 14, then he 15, he pure to drive and threw a great up shot up to the basket and parked it. And then hole 16, he just threw uh, a turnover, parked it. 17, perfect play, all the way down to the basket, hit a good putt for a birdie, and then birdied the last hole. He went birdie, 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 birdie. While Gannon had some bad shots, let's face it, Andrew Presnell won that tournament fair and square because he went five in a row to finish, and that's how you end a tournament, if you ask me. I mean, you can put blame on Gannon for missing a putt from 20 feet, but, you know, Presnell won that and uh, put all the pressure on him, I think. So that's my, that's, I think Presnell just completely won that tournament, hands down. All right. So Trevor says Presnell won. Dick, where are you going with this one? Presnell had a great tournament. I don't want to take anything against, you know, his performance, but Gannon Burr, let's be fair, he's a better player. And he's been winning since he's come on the scene a couple of years ago. And he he could have made some more shots down the stretch, and he didn't. And sure, Presnell made the shots he was supposed to, but if Gannon Burr made one extra shot, he would have won. They wouldn't have gone later on, and he would have had it. Okay, so we got two different answers here, which is lovely, of course. <laughs> Trevor says Presnell won the tournament. Dick says Gannon Burr lost it. So, Trevor, on your rebuttal here, defend yourself and uh, tell us why you deserve to win duel number one. Okay, so here's the deal. Andrew Presnell won because he put in the time and put in the work, and he went down the stretch five in a row, hit every shot you're supposed to hit. Gannon Burr showed up. Two, hour, two and a half hours before his tee time, never played the tournament, and came down the stretch and wasn't, wasn't ready to finish. So I just think that the preparation, the finish, um, the guts, everything that Presnell did ended up winning that tournament. Gannon's won a lot, yeah, but let's give him credit where credit's due. Presnell came at the end and just put it on him and won that tournament. All right, Dick, why do you deserve to win your first ever duel on this show? Gannon Burr had the lead after those first couple of rounds. There's not about the lack of preparation. He's just more talented. And the fact that he couldn't finish out at the end, it shows you still he's not the oldest kid, but he, he sh still should have won that. And I don't know, I just think that uh, he's the better player, more talented player, and he'd already been through that course a couple of times, so should have did it. All right, so Dick says no excuse for Gannon coughing up the win. 
And uh, Trevor's trying to double down on Presnell, but he pulled a classic Trevor Harbolt here on Lefty Duels. He kind of backed up the other person's point, saying uh, Gannon was prepared, even though he showed up uh, at the last second to play. But by the time we got to the final round down the stretch, Gannon's in charge. He controls his own fate. And uh, I think Trevor kind of drove that point home. He he let it slip away. So <laughs> I'm going to give Dick his first ever win here on the show. In, uh, this is rigged. It's one. always rigged. <laughs> Trevor, says it's rigged. Trevor says it's rigged against him. We'll see about that. He's got two more cracks at it here tonight. Um, duel number two, Brian and Mr. Ryan Kenny. Kenny, you're going to lead us off here. A topic that's been you know, rising in popularity over the last year or two is the idea of time violations. So if you're the Disc Golf Pro Tour, how do you go about incentivizing these pros to start making uh, time violation penalty calls on their own? Great question, Jake. Um, so snitches get stitches, but in the fairness of disc golf, and the professionalism, professionalism of it. I also feel that you need to, to keep it 30 second clock for everybody, whether they, they warmed up and they approached the disc after a couple seconds. Um, I like the idea of, at a, at a big event like this, um, most cards have a, uh, a U-disc tracker, or somebody out there on their phones already keeping shot of C1, C2, um, park jobs and whatnot. Add another volunteer. There's hundreds of kids out here, hundreds of adults out here that want to be part of it. It's only going to grow the sport. I think you get the community involved as a volunteer, uh, but you can't just be out there with a stopwatch. You have to have a visible clock so the other uh, all players involved uh, are aware of, of their time remaining uh, of, of the, the set clock violation. All right, well said, Kenny. Where are you going, Brian? For this, I think we have to focus on the fact that we are still, for the most part, a self-governing uh, sport. And just like we are doing right now, using a time watch, every player should have this out for every shot for somebody else's. And now how do we reward when people call it? We start keeping it as a stat, whether it's on UDIS or, or Statmando, whoever wants to keep this stat. And then whoever accumulates the most or whoever's accumulating a lot of these successful time violation calls that are seconded by someone else, key points in there, all right, they get premier spots at the next tournament meaning they get to be on recorded coverage, or they get the better tee time later in the day when it's not as wet, or something along those lines. I think it's really important to look at outside the box angles to incentivize these pros to speak up more. We have to be more um, culture oriented when it comes to this. It is hurting our game to watch a two minute shot before someone throws. Well said, so Brian gave us a nice um, solution with some incentives. Kenny, go ahead and build on your initial point and um, you know, give us your take on this whole thing. Solid points, by the way. Thank you, sir. Those are great. Self-governing is 100% accurate. It's one thing I think we all love about this game. Um, you bring that into a professional element, I feel you also start to create uh, an advantage. You also start to create maybe a little bit more of a, well, I don't like playing with so-and-so or I'm going to try to get in his or her head so that I think you open up the window to maybe some you know, some naughtiness in there so I think the idea of having a volunteer a, uh, a true uh, uh, net neutral if you would would be the, uh, the ideal solution all right Brian take it home can you win duel number two you know I'm okay with the naughtiness I think we need that in our sport if you look at the excitement in an NHL arena when is it the loudest besides a goal it's when there's a fight 
All right, we need to create a little bit more drama. Let's lean into this. Let's have heels. Let's have people start calling more of these and get that reputation. I will buy your jersey. Any pro out there wants to go and call five more by the end of the year on camera, I'll buy your jersey. I'll buy your tour series right now. Let's do it. All right, some bold, bold statements to finish here from uh, Papa Wolf. Um, I think if we're just going by the, the basis of the question here, how do we incentivize these guys? I think Brian answered that the best. Although, Kenny, I do like your points. I think it's important to acknowledge the other side of the argument, which is, yeah, maybe we don't want uh, a whole lot of head games um, potentially out of the, the self-governing portion of this. So I think it's a good point you made. But Brian takes the win here in duel number two. Duel number three, Trevor, you're up against Kenny here. Is this one rigged too? We're about to find out. Okay, I just want to. We're about to find out. You can let me know if it's rigged after the question. Um, question number three. We are here at our first United Series event on the Pro Tour. So, was the United Series the best move, not just for the Pro Tour, not just for Ledgestone or the players, but disc golf in general, Trevor? Of course. I mean, of course it is. Like, we're back to playing disc golf like we should be. Like, um,. All the decisions and all the things that's happened over the past uh, couple of years in the sport of disc golf just needs to kind of get set aside. We just need to get back to playing the game that we all love and, the, and get back to the reason why we're here, which is throwing Frisbees. So um, let's let uh, everybody else take care of it right now while we're still a young sport and still thriving and growing. And uh, it'll get taken care of when, when the time comes. So I think it's important what the decision was made because the ladies get back to disc golf and they get to play the courses that uh, they're used to playing and that they love on tour. So I think it's a good move. Get some back. Let's go. All right, Trevor's excited to have the women back where they belong. Kenny, where are you going with this one? Argue with me. Let's go. Uh, there's got to be a clear, distinct cutoff red line, which I think we've made progress on that. Um, uh, I, I think by any means... Uh, women can compete in a men's field, and um, anybody going through a, a transition or a, a female going into a, or a men's going into a, a women's, um, there's two different things right there. So I, I want to take a little bit of a different approach. I think it could be even based off uh, ratings. So much like where we see in some of the, the local tournaments where if you're 952, 1,000, 1,000 plus, uh, take that into the pro aspect, but maybe break it down into 10-point segments and really see where if, uh, maybe like a... Premier League, you move up to a, a higher division, and then you start competing against those those world-class A-tier athletes and put up or shut up. All right, so again, differing opinions. This is wonderful stuff. Trevor, second crack at it here on your rebuttal. Respond to Kenny. <laughs> I'm not going to double, double down, down this time, yeah. man. It's the, the, <laughs> the, the, I think the main focus here is the pro tour and what's going on in the women's game. And I think just getting back to the women's game and playing again and not like let's not keep the women down right now. Let's just keep keep them up while they're while they're still here and doing things. And let's just keep the women playing, man. Um, all that stuff that's going on with the with the transgender or the transitioning and stuff. All that has to get taken care of by people who have the means to do it and that have the the money to do it and have all the uh, resources. I don't think disc golf is big enough. We don't even have referees on our course, so I don't think we're big enough to even tackle this subject um, in our sport right now. So I just think it's good that we're here and we're having women play disc golf, especially here. Sunset Hills is such an awesome course for the ladies. Might be one of the best disc golf courses for the women on tour. So if, if they got that taken away, it'd be it kind of it kind of hurt them a little bit in many ways. So 
just being back into disc golf, let's get it. Let's get the ladies back there and, and root for our favorite women, you know. Good stuff, Trevor. Kenny? Solid points. Those are great counters. Uh, doubling down on mine, if you, if you make it truly based on points, uh, you could be anybody you want from any state, any country, and if you're a, a 926 or a 1026, I know who I'm competing against, I know what I'm up against that day going into it, and uh, at the end of the day, uh, winner takes all, and they, they outperform me regardless of who they are, where they come from. Rating well, system broken. Fair point, Trevor. Uh, well said, both you guys. Thanks for those comments. Um, I'm gonna win, give the win to Trevor here just for, you know, if we just go back to the question that was asked, you know, what does this do for disc golf? Is this the best move for disc golf? Trevor answered that, I think, the most in the most succinct way. So Trevor gets to win here, but I also want to highlight one of Trevor's points, Sunset Hills being now available to the women this weekend. Um, the first uh, FPO-designed course for the Pro Tour, and it would be a shame if they weren't able to play it. So I'm glad you brought that up, Trevor. It's an awesome course for the women, man. Absolutely. So Trevor takes the win here in uh, duel number three. Duel number four, Dick and Brian, you guys are up. Here's a fun question. Should ace pools and 50-50 CTPs be standard at tournaments? Dick, you're up first. No. For many reasons. But first of all, it's up to the tournament director what they want to do. If People can sign up if they want or not, but to standardize it and say that every tournament has that doesn't really make sense. It takes away just the uh, creativity of the tournament director. They can do what they want with that, but no, it doesn't have to be every tournament doing it all. All right, you heard it. It is not needed. It doesn't need to be standard. Brian, what's your take as a TD? I think there's too many varieties of tournaments to make a blanket statement across. You know, obviously Trevor playing on the Pro Tour versus me playing in a Flex Star C tier. Uh, I'm going for a different reason, and that reason's fun. I think fun should be mandatory at every event. So for some people, an ace pool is fun. For some people, 50-50 is fun. For some people, buying me a Guinness when they register for a Wolfpack event is fun. So um, it all depends on the type of uh, course, the type of league, par, uh, things like that. You know, I like to see the people that are playing poker for birdies. I like all the creative games uh, that are out there. Um, I, and I think we should be bringing more creativity to this. Let's continue to hook people to our game, whether it's in the league fashion or in a tournament fashion. Okay, so both of you guys in a way say no to the Ace Pool 50-50 CTP question. Um, go ahead and separate, separate yourselves if you can here. Dick, you're up first. Go for it. I just don't think that it's totally necessary. A lot of times it's a lot of extra work and people are gonna complain because they put the flag you know, too far away if it's a CTP or whatever else. Um, basically it's just like gambling, you know. It's fun, I love to gamble myself, but it doesn't add to the game at all. It's just you know, a fun little thing that a tournament director can do, but is it necessary? Should it be required? Absolutely not, I don't, I don't see why it would be. So Dick's doubling down, no, we don't need gambling on the course. Brian? I think, again, it goes back to the, the individual event. I think adding fun and adding an opportunity for uh, somebody to win something maybe without winning the tournament just makes the overall experience better. Uh, and more importantly, it creates more core memories and more people get to play disc golf. <laughs> it looks. It does look like he's reading from a prompt, Trevor, but he's just staring at his timer. That's why he's got the most wins. <laughs> 
He knows what he's doing. I, I do like how you reframed that question, Brian. Um, I think because ace pool and 50-50 at the end of the day are meant to be fun aspects, fun additions to a tournament. Um, and they are additions, and they are TD discretion additions. And, uh, no, they don't need to be standard, but they're fun, and I think that's the answer here. So Brian wins the duel. They also can make you mad, dude. I spit out of an ace for a car at this very <laughs> tournament right here. <laughs> so they can make you really mad. The tournament is you must have fun. Correct. Yeah. There you go. So Trevor lost a car. Yeah. So that's <laughs> Where is burned car? in his memory. Um, all right. Duel number five. Kenny against Dick. We've got Macbeth and Pierce missing out on Ledgestone this weekend. Almost guaranteed Macbeth misses uh, Deglo next weekend as well. Pierce is out for much longer. So with the two stalwarts of Discraft's team missing, like where where does that leave us? And is are there positives or negatives to take away from this? Uh, Kenny, you're up first. Uh two thumbs up on it. Uh, yes, we like to see the number one in every sport, but who doesn't love a classic underdog or a rising star or some cat out of nowhere putting on the the Jets and really, really impressing everybody, getting their, their time to shine. Uh, yeah, sad that we're not going to have the two of the biggest stars here. Certainly might have a little bit of an impact on maybe that top 5% of the audience that everyone wants to see. But I think the majority of us that are here today in Eureka for the week or anyone who's going to watch any post-production, we're going to watch it regardless. And I love seeing a new name on that lead card or even through any of the open rounds, watching them battle, watching them fight. I've watched 100 Macbeth rounds, 100 uh, Paige Pierce rounds. You know, it's, it, it is nice to see new throwers um, and small impact, bigger gain in my opinion. All right. Dick? I feel like you're talking like it's five years ago when Paul Macbeth and Paige Pierce were just dominating everybody. They're not anymore. Um, they're still the two favorites as far as the fans go, and that's even arguable. But overall, no. Like, Imagine the NBA playoffs without Giannis and LeBron or Steph Curry, whoever it is. You, know, you want those two best players to be there so that when these young bucks come up, they're going to be taken out the best players in the world and not because they weren't there it's because they took them over um, and I think that's way more meaningful for ratings they're going to still get the same amount of viewers with the big names in there but you want them to beat the best and it's a changing the guard right now and it's happening but no them being hurt it's not great all right so two different takes here Kenny obviously doesn't want them hurt by any means, but he's saying we can have some positive gains out of this that outweigh the two stars being hurt. Dick says, no, it's it's painful for them to be hurt. It hurts the game. So, Kenny, uh, double down on your statement and try and win this duel. Absolutely. You know, I uh, I don't like seeing the Lakers in the NBA playoffs every year. I don't like seeing the Bucks there. Uh, I like to see my Celtics there. But with that said, you know, I, I, I like the idea that uh, it's wide open, whereas in – you just mentioned that both these individuals were, were favorites in the respective fields to win this. Well, now, you know, now you've got a three-headed monster on either side that's going to give it to, like, if we were betting like we're talking about, where are you going to put that 20 down? So I think opening the door is, is the big key here. Maybe a small impact on, um, again, the top 5% of the audiences who, who don't know everybody else, the rest of the field. I think, I think it definitely is going to attract more, more ratings for that. Okay. Kenny's doubling down, Dick. I wish them both well, but also I do not think that either would be the favorites at this tournament or any tournament going forward, even if they're healthy. Um, 
Kristen Tatar is the odds-on favorite every tournament she enters, and I'm guessing she'll be here this weekend. And uh, as far as Paul, he's he's done well, but he's been over in Europe, and you got Heimberg, you got Eagle, you got all the young bucks. There, he's not the odds-on favorite anymore. Um, I'm taking the field every tournament that he's in, so, and uh, I'm taking Tatar every tournament she's in <laughs> against the field. So, I don't think it's really a an issue there. All right. Well said from both you guys. I like the initial takes. Um, Dick kind of tripped himself up there at the end. Tatar will not be here this weekend. Oh, um, I and, did my research. And <laughs> to be honest, you kind of backed Kenny's point up, saying that you would take the field a majority of the time, especially in the MPO side. Um, and to me, that doesn't hurt uh, Discraft or the game as much. Um, so Kenny takes his first win. That leaves it uh, up to Trevor to stop Brian from winning Once again. again. It happens like every That's time. It's not rigged. It's just set up perfect. <laughs> so we're teeing rigged. you up, Trevor. Definitely not a rigged episode. Um, Lake Eureka had two major OB changes this year, the biggest being the island hole 17. Uh, the drop zone is now 50 feet away, uh, throwing between the, the bleachers of spectators right back downhill at the water. So... How do you see this playing out? Do you see it being more of a positive change or a negative change for the tournament? Brian, you get to lead us off. Yeah, this is a great win-win. Sorry, Trevor. Uh, it's it's a win for the fans because the, the fans get to see more action up close with that shot coming through the, the fences there and the stands there. Um, but it also speeds up play from an efficiency standpoint. So the tournament director obviously uh, is happier. And the participants, like my good friend Trevor, will obviously be happier uh, that he won't have to wait on people taking uh, seven, eight more shots. Uh, but yes, it's a giant win for the fans and it's a giant win for production value. That's the key here. We're going to have more people watching these rounds online versus spectating and watching them. You're going to have great camera angle shots looking behind the player as it goes back down towards the water. It's going to be visually appealing to the person that's watching it. I'd even go so far as to say the Pro Tour and Jomez will use Hole 17 uh, as one of their thumbnails by the end of the week. Wow. Bold, bold, bold from Brian Trevor. What's your take here? You get to go second. <laughs> this, yeah, this is set up. It's all, it's all rigged. Um, no, I look, I, I'm going to agree with Brian on everything. I think it's perfect for the fans. I think it gets them up close and personal to their favorite players. I think uh, it speeds up play. But the one thing that Brian forgot, and the one thing that I'm going to win this little duel today on, <laughs> is that it actually causes more danger as well. So you're putting straight at the water instead of just over the water. Um, and if somebody goes for it, misses a putt, and they go OB, they're taking a bigger number than they wanted to. So I think it's going to also bring in a scoring separation, um, which is also a plus for the fans and also a plus for the players because um, uh, people like me can, can move up a little bit when somebody makes a mistake and the fans can you know, laugh or whatever they need to do when somebody throws in the water. So um, I think while you're right on everything, I think the, also the scoring separation helps on this course a little bit more as well, just from the drop zone standpoint. Good stuff, both you guys. Um, Trevor made it known that you guys differentiated on at least one point there. So, Brian, respond to Trevor. Yeah, I'm just going to go back and harp on the, the visual appeal of the, of the actual event. We are trying to sell disc golf to a mass media, and this is how we do it, by creating unique shots like you see in golf, like 17 at, at TCP Sawgrass, things like that. 
Um, those are things that the average consumer of sports understands and gets. We want those types of shots in our sport too on camera. Trevor? Awesome. Well, that's all good and fun. If you're going to do that, well, then you need to fix hole five because it looks like crap. So that's my argument. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Trevor. I was uh, hoping you had a little bit more for us to win, to, I mean, to like, win I, duel number six. I agree with them on everything almost, except for the scoring separation. You know, I, um, yeah, it looks, it's going to look nice. It's going to look good. That's what we want in the sport. We want more stuff, but um, we also need to do it on every hole, I guess you would say, because while it's cool, it's, some of the other holes are not that good. All right, so I'm glad you added a little bit to that there. Uh, good points from both of you. I think... Brian, you're exactly right. I think it's a showcase hole, but I think you could argue it already was a showcase hole. Um, it's just maybe more visually appealing now, but I think it already was a showcase hole. People come to this tournament, and they don't follow the lead card. They just sit at hole 17, and they watch that hole along with 13 and 18 for five hours. Um, so I think you could already argue it's, it's, a, uh, it's a signature hole here. Um, and uh, Trevor... Trevor had, uh, as we got a dog running running through the set here, um, Trevor had a great point. I think that Brian did miss, and that's the scoring separation aspect of it, and that's what makes this such a positive change. And I'm glad you said that. Trevor's going to take the win here, sends us to a tiebreaker, and uh, we'll see if this show is rigged in Trevor's favor, I guess. <laughs> so Brian got to go first last time, so Trevor will go first this time. What is the coolest trophy in <laughs> disc golf trevor pcs open i mean hands down especially when barsby won and like he looked like a viking when he held it up and screaming i mean an axe or a sword and a shield is is pretty metal and i'm a metal guy but it's also just visually stunning if you ask me you hang that on the wall people are like what is that and you're like dude i won the pcs open you know like i think it's the, the coolest trophy in disc golf and i want one that's a flying liability <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Fair point. Brian? Listen, uh, I got to credit my man to my left giving me this answer ahead of time, but the coolest trophy is definitely the Music City Open trophy. Uh, the Gibson guitar is unbelievably cool, um, and I would as assume a higher price point as well from a value standpoint, and more useful. I would actually play the guitar. <laughs> Don't think I'd swing the axe at anyone. All right, we got an axe. We got a guitar. Trevor? Double down on the axe. Why is it better than the guitar in particular? If he's going to put a price point, I mean, like, of course, the guitar is awesome. I like it. I think it's cool. But I think that just for disc golf purposes, like, that's a musician thing. Like, disc golf purposes, you go to Norway or Sweden or Finland and you win a trophy, you would hope that it's going to be a Viking shield and sword or axe. I think like, it's just so cool to go over to another country and bring home this awesome trophy that could be worth way more than the guitar because it could be from, like, Viking descent. You know what I mean? So who knows? That makes it even cooler. Brian? <laughs> yeah, I will uh, use Trevor's point to win. Uh, Trevor's point was, yeah, you want to go somewhere unique and take something of homage from that place? That's true. That's why when you go play the Music City Open and you win a Gibson guitar, that is a great core memory. It is an awesome trophy, and you can learn a new skill. Like swinging axe. And it's the first year they had it. I mean, like, I don't know, like... Doesn't tradition make anything All right, here's the answer. <laughs> Both of you guys had uh, great answers, first of all. Um, Brian, I was actually thinking before we got Kenny roped into this episode that uh, I might have to answer this question. 
and I was going to say that if someone stole the uh, axe. But the axe is the number one answer, and uh, Trevor's, Trevor's going to win this episode. His first win on Luppy Duels since episode one months ago. Months ago. But he swears the show is rigged against him. All right, Trevor, the floor is yours. What do you got for us? Um, I don't know if we talk about this enough in disc golf, but I think one of the biggest reasons that our sport is getting all the the big views and everything is uh, U-Disc, man. I think that uh, U-Disc needs more, um, you know, more cloud out there. I think we should talk about it more. They've they got every single course on there. They've got, you know, ratings for every single course. They keep updating in every single month, it seems like, and I just think that it's such a good tool, and if you're out there and you don't have U-Disc, you should go subscribe. I think it's one of the biggest tools that's helped our sport grow uh, immense numbers, and you can do so much and, and play with your friends on there, and and do so much with it. So I just want to give a big shout out to U-Disc and all the guys at all the hard work at U-Disc. I think it's one of the coolest things in disc golf since I was a kid to ever come around. While I love the pro tour and I love meeting all these people, I still think U-Disc is such a huge benefit for us as disc golfers, for the average disc golfer, pro disc golfer. I just like keeping all my stats and I think it's so sick. So I love U-Disc. Shout out to U-Disc, congrats again. To Congrats again to Trevor. Yeah, come on, Yudis, sponsor our show. Um, congrats, Trevor, on uh, your second win ever, and your second win in a long, long time. Yeah, that's right. You're, you're clawing your way back. So, congrats to Trevor Harbolt. Thanks again to Ryan Kenny for filling in this episode. Brian Frawley, as always, and Dick Engelman for being here. We appreciate you guys. Thanks to all the fans who showed up today to watch us. We appreciate you guys. Uh, all you guys who are watching at home, thank you for watching. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't done that yet. And enjoy the Ledgestone Open this weekend. We will definitely be watching because we are here. So enjoy your weekend, and uh, we'll see you guys. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you.